We're going to be in the last five verses of the book of Matthew chapter 13. The last five verses of chapter 13 in the book of Matthew. Been preaching verse by verse through the Bible, through the books of the Bible. And uh, we do this every Sunday morning so that we can uh, get a good grasp of God's Word and learn it verse by verse and know what it's saying. And we're at the last five verses of chapter 13. And I'd like for you to stand for the reading of God's Word, just in salute and honor to God's Word. And it says, And when Jesus was coming to his own country, everybody say Nazareth, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom? Where did he get it? These mighty works. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I want to use for a subject this morning the hometown rejection of Jesus Christ. May be seated. The rejection of Jesus Christ. Jesus goes to his hometown, which is Nazareth. Later, he went to Capernaum as an older uh, individual in his ministry when he was in his 30s. But he grew up in a little place called Nazareth in the surrounding areas. And everybody knew who little Jesus was. I have no doubt in my mind that Jesus stood out quite a bit because, oh, he played like other children. Oh, he had good times like other children. But I don't think Jesus ever got a spanking. I'm envious. I've had plenty. But, you know, I don't believe Jesus tried his mother's patience. I believe Jesus was a child without sin from his birth. I believe that, from his birth. So, well, didn't he sin before he reached the age of accountability? No. Because when he was born of the Virgin Mary, he was accountable to God from that very moment. Accountable to him, accountable to God. So have you ever stopped to think what his brothers and sisters thought when mama would put her hands on her hip and say, why can't you be like your brother Jesus? And my question to you is, why can't you be like Jesus? Well, you have the same struggles I have, I know. But I want to look at some things that are really rich in these last five verses that you might overlook. The first thing I want to point out is they questioned Jesus without his defense. They didn't let Jesus have his defense. They didn't listen to him. They had preconceived ideas of who Jesus was. They said, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this Jesus? Is he not the brother of the other brothers, you know, gives a list of his brothers and his sisters. And so they're asking the question, um, where does he get his power? Where does he get his strength? Where does, he, where does these miracles come from? Where are this wisdom and this, these mighty works that Jesus has? Where did he get them? And the Bible says, he taught them in the synagogues in Nazareth insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence this man get his wisdom or these mighty works? And their, their statement was, is not this the carpenter's son, referring to Joseph? And I want to point out some things that is very, very, very important. And that is, Jesus Christ said, Satan has nothing in me. Jesus Christ was one of a kind. Now, he's working on making more of us of his kind, but we've got a long way to go, don't we? Jesus Christ is the eternal, pre-existing Son 
of God. And we need to understand that it's so important that we understand that when Jesus Christ came into this world, he came into this world like no other. He came to the virgin womb of Mary. Now, the question that we might ask is, where did he get this wisdom? Where did he get this power? Where did he get these things? And I want you to notice that um, they asked the question in, in verse 50, the last sen- sentence question, whence then hath this man all these things? He said, we know him. We've watched him grow up. 30 years, he worked in the, probably the carpenter's shop, was not just wood, but a masonry as well, stone. And they said, it's not this, the carpenter's son. Do not we know his brothers and his sisters, are not they with us? And because of that, they rejected Jesus Christ and did not let him have his say. Let me tell you, friends, you're going to have to let Jesus have his say And then you're going to have to believe what he says, or you're going to go to hell. Now, I'm not trying to threaten you. I'm just trying to tell you that God came to rescue us. And God so loved the world that he sent his son. And they said, is not this the carpenter's son? Where did he get these mighty powers? Where did he get these where did he get this wisdom? Where did he get this intelligence? Where where did he get they, they they were basically saying to Jesus, show us your Paper. Show us your credentials. Show us your book learning. Show us your your uh, uh, ability. Show us your your uh, changing powers. Your prophecies fulfilled. Your holiness. But see, they really didn't want that. They just wanted to find fault with Jesus Christ. The truth is, they wanted someone that was more majestic and more powerful than Jesus than they were but they didn't want it to be of their group. Jealousy and pride. They didn't want it to be of their group. Said, where did he get these things? What things? Well, you know, his ability to heal, his ability to articulate, his his ability to understand, his ability to perform miracles. Where did he get these things? And I want to begin by saying that he didn't get anything from Joseph. Not even his blood. He didn't get his flesh from Joseph. He didn't get his blood from Joseph. He didn't get his hair from Joseph. He didn't get his articulation from Joseph. He didn't get his wisdom from Joseph. Now, rest assured, Joseph gave him protection as a child. Rest assured, Joseph provided for his family as a good father should. But Joseph was not his father. God in heaven is his father. And Joseph did not give Jesus Christ his life. He did not give Jesus Christ his spirit. He did not give Jesus Christ. The only thing that Joseph gave Jesus was protection. He took care of him. He made provision for his family and taught him how to be a carpenter. Basically, that's all he did. Hello? Nobody can shout praise the Lord over that. Joseph didn't give him his skin. Joseph didn't give him his blood. Joseph didn't give him. The only thing Joseph gave him was a trade. And let me tell you, friends, the world, the world will make you a carpenter. The world will make you a plumber. The world will make you uh, a mason. The world will make you a lawyer. With a little help from the devil too. But anyway, the world will make you a doctor. The world will make you an occupation. But only God can make you a child of God. And only God can make you a better plumber, a better carpenter, a better man. It takes an outside power surging inside of our hearts as we're sealed by the Holy Ghost. But Jesus received nothing from Joseph that was eternal. He didn't receive his spirit from Joseph. He didn't receive any miracle powers from Joseph. By the way, Jesus didn't receive his miracle powers through his brothers. 
He didn't receive his intellect and his great wisdom to his sisters, no matter how hard they may have tried. He didn't receive his blood from his brothers, his blood from his sisters. He didn't even receive his blood from his mother. He received his blood from his Father in heaven. Because the virgin womb of Mary conceived a seed. Genesis 3.15 says, the seed of a woman. The only problem with that is a woman don't have a seed. So God put a seed in the woman. And it's God's seed, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to the virgin Mary. So Mary didn't give him his wisdom. Mary didn't give him, she did contribute to his flesh. But understand, Mary did not give Jesus a sin nature. Nor did God give Jesus a sin nature. Because the sin nature comes to the seed of the man. Through Adam. Adam fell through that seed of Adam, handed down the sinful nature from Adam till now. But Jesus had no sinful nature. So he didn't receive. And, and of course, they asked the question, is not this the carpenter? Where did he get his wisdom? Where did he get his ability? Where did he get his, his strength? Where did he get all this? And don't, don't misunderstand me. I believe Jesus spent every waking moment studying the scriptures, studying the sacred Old Testament scriptures. I believe Jesus studied and studied and studied. But I also know that Jesus walked in the revelation of his father, which was far better than reading a parchment. Hello. Where does he get these things? Where does Jesus get these stories? Notice verse 56. Where does he get these things? Where does he get his stories? Where does he get his miracles? Where does he get his parables? Where does he get his wisdom? Where does he get his mighty works? It's not this the carpenter's son. And I want to say to everyone in this room, don't ever make Jesus or declare him to be just the carpenter's son. He is not a carpenter's son. He's the carpenter of the whole universe. He's God Almighty. Amen? And so they were offended at him. Verse 57 says they were offended at him because they thought they knew him. And once again, they, they believed that Jesus Christ, you know, he, he was uh, one of them, and for 30 years they watched him, and they thought he wasn't anything special. And the, and the truth is, they wanted someone supernatural. They wanted someone that was incredible. They wanted someone that could do anything. But they didn't want it to be part of their little group because of jealousy, because of unbelief. They didn't want to accept the fact that this Jesus that grew up among them is the preexistent, eternal Son of God. Now, when God touches down in our heart, everything changes. We receive a new Father, a Father up above. When God touches down in our heart, we receive a new nature, the nature of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, a divine nature. When God touches down in our heart, we receive a new life. We receive a new future. We have our past erased. We have our presence ignited. We have our future planned. When we have God touch down in our hearts. And Jesus Christ is the vessel meant to do that for you and I. Jesus is the man of God, the sovereign God of the universe that will set fire in your heart if you will listen to him and not question his authority. And so they questioned Jesus without him giving his defense. And the world is full of people that won't let Jesus give his defense. They have preconceived ideas. They don't want to go to church. They don't want to listen to the preacher. And don't misunderstand me. The preacher isn't always right on. Yes. 
I'm the only one that's always right. <laughs> Please don't misunderstand me. You don't want someone that says, well, I think it might be this way. I might, you know, I may be wrong. You don't want to listen to some buffoon like that. Amen? Well, listen to someone that's sure in Jesus Christ. Amen? I remember when we first uh, built this new facility, which was 18 years ago. And I grew up in Ozark. Born and raised in Ozark. I was born right under the water tower at home because I wanted to be close to Mama when I was born. I walked the streets. In fact, I walked gravel streets on the square in Ozark. I remember when Ozark was just two or 300 people. That's it. The main road did not go across Finley. Uh, at the corner, it went across Finley in that little narrow bridge. I grew up here. And when I got saved, God took me away into evangelism. God took me to the West Coast. God took me other places. And I got my training away from here. And then I came back here. And coming back here, what, about 28 years ago, I came back here 29 years ago. And everybody knew who I was. But then they didn't know who I was because God had touched down in my heart. And a lot of people didn't want to accept the fact that I had been changed by the Spirit of God. And it was the same with Jesus. They didn't want to accept the fact that Jesus was God. For 30 years, he was silent. He wasn't silent at 12 years old in the, in the temple when he astounded them with his wisdom. But the truth is, Jesus didn't go around when he was a little boy and make clay, uh, clay birds and throw them up in the air and they fly away. Jesus didn't, didn't walk across the swimming pool to show out. So isn't there a Bible that tells all them miracles? I know, and I don't use it. I use this Bible. Because his ministry began at the, about the age of 30, the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so when we first built this church, people were coming to see uh, the facility. Many of my older buddies came to see. And many of them would not receive because they knew my past. I remember a little lady caught me out in the foyer. She was pretty old, about oh, uh, probably 80 at the time, and she looked at me and said, I know you, boy. She said, you're Martha Jane and Guy Aiken's boy, aren't you? I said, yes, ma'am. She says, you're not so hot, young man. She said, I used to change diapers when you were little, your diapers when you were little. And I said, ma'am, is that supposed to encourage me? What she basically was saying is, you're not so much, and you're right, I'm not. But the God that's everything lives in my heart. You're right. I don't get this power from myself. I don't get this encouragement and this peace and this joy in my heart of myself. It comes in partation through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so they said, where does he get these things? And the Bible says they were offended at him. And they were offended because maybe jealous. They were offended at him because of his parables, of his stories, of his message. And because they were offended of him, they rejected him. They rejected him. They rejected him because they thought they knew him. And I want you to know there's a whole world out there that, that has rejected Jesus Christ because they think they know him. But they don't know him. Only a Christian knows him. And only a Christian can know him. Because he came to the virgin womb, the seed of God, not of Joseph, he came, and, and of course, Mary attributed to the flesh of his birth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But 
That's all he received from Mary. He didn't receive his spirit. God gave it to him. Didn't receive his anointing. God gave it to him. Didn't. The only thing he received from Mary is God borrowed a womb and put his son in a virgin womb. And that son came forth, born of a virgin. He borrowed a father to watch over his son named Joseph. He borrowed a mother to take care of his boy. God did. And he allowed his son to grow to the perfect sacrifice age, 30, 33. And during that time in Jesus' ministry, Jesus borrowed a, he borrowed a cross in which to be crucified. He borrowed a tomb in which to be buried. He borrowed a donkey in which to ride into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He borrowed an upper room. He borrowed a pitcher of water. He borrowed two fish and five loaves of bread. He borrowed over and over again, no place to lay his head. But I want you to understand something. The things that we hold dear to us are not the things that Jesus hold, held dear to him. Jesus never bought a chariot. He never bought a farm. Jesus never bought a horse. He never bought a plot of land. Jesus never wrote a book. He never bought and sold a business. What he did was he borrowed an empty tomb. He borrowed a place to be crucified on Golgotha's hill. He borrowed a tomb to be buried. And he rose again from the grave, the first begotten of the dead. Come to think of it, he did buy something. He didn't buy anything, but he did buy something. Woo! He bought you and I. He bought us with his blood. He bought us with his death, burial, and resurrection. He bought us a brand new body. Now, I'm going to be preaching on the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and if you think I'm going to be talking about a little baby in a manger, maybe I'll pass by there. But there's things much deeper than a little baby that was born in a stable and laid in a manger. And, and I'm not making light of that. That's his humanity. But we're going to look at some other things like his birth. His birth into this world as God's word. As God's son. And he died on the cross of Calvary. He was put in a tomb. And a lot of people don't understand this. Revelation chapter 1 says he's the first begotten of the dead. The word begotten means born. He's the first begotten of the dead. Now, don't ever get it in your head that Jesus had to be born again. He did not. If preachers teach that Jesus was born again when he was baptized, they're wrong. Jesus never had to be born again because he was not of this world. But I tell you what he had to do. He had to go to the cross, shed his holy blood to wash away our sins, put in a tomb. He had to bury our past and bury it all. And then he had to give birth to a new body. Now, he wasn't born again when he rose again from the dead. Forget that nonsense you hear on evangelist televisions. Forget that nonsense. When it says he was the first begotten of the dead, it meant that he's the first to get up with a glorified body. And when he came out of the tomb, he gave birth to you and I's new body that we're going to live in one day. We're not going to be disembodied. We're going to be embodied children of God in the rapture, in the catching away, in the resurrection, because Jesus Christ not only bought my mind, my soul, my heart, my life, but he bought my body. Woo, that's good stuff. Amen. That's good stuff. They rejected him. They literally rejected Jesus Christ because they wanted to make him come down to their level. 
How many know there's a lot of people that want to make Jesus come down to their level? They don't want to accept the fact that Jesus is God. There's, there's millions of people out there that want to bring him down to our level. Are you listening to me? I'm a little bit disturbed about this buddy Jesus theology. Me and Jesus have our own thing going. Well, what thing you got going? Most people that say me and Jesus have our own thing going, I don't like the things they're doing. Now, can you and Jesus have your things going? Of course you can. But this buddy Jesus, you ask people, do you know Jesus Christ? Yeah, man. Uh, we got it worked out, man. Me, me and the guy, we've got it all fixed up. My, my man and I, we got it okay. And they want to lower Jesus down to their level. Don't ever treat Jesus as a carpenter's son. Treat him for what he is, the son of almighty God. But they rejected him. They rejected him. They rejected him in, in Nazareth. They walked away from him. And the Bible says because they rejected him, Jesus Christ could do no mighty works in Nazareth. Now, I want to point out something to you in Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. This is the same account. Mark chapter, five, or chapter 6, rather, verse 5 and 6. Same account. The Bible says in verse 4, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And the Bible says there in the 13th chapter, the closing, that he could not do mighty works. He could not, he did no mighty works there in Nazareth. Now let me first of all say that here in verse, um, verse 5 of Mark 6, he could there do no mighty work. Could do no mighty work. That doesn't mean that Jesus was powerless. It doesn't mean that Jesus could not do what he wanted to do. I get so frustrated with preachers trying to preach on what God can't do. Spend some more time preaching about what God can do. And I want to simply say this, he can do anything. I said he can do anything. There's nothing you can say that will convince me that God doesn't always have it his way. He's sovereign. The providential care of God is sovereign. God has his way in a whirlwind. But the Bible says he could do no mighty works. That doesn't mean he was powerless. It just means they wouldn't come to him. And millions are going to lose their soul in hell because they won't come to him. They don't believe in him. They don't trust in him. There'll be, there'll be millions of people that will lose their soul because they won't come to him. Can he save them? Yes. But they won't come to him. God can do anything. It wasn't that Jesus was powerless. It was that they did not believe Jesus and refused to Allow Jesus. There was a few that he prayed for, verse 5, and he could do no mighty work save that he laid a, his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because they were of their unbelief, and he went around about the villagers teaching. Notice this verse 6 says he went around them. Oh, I could preach a whole sermon on that. He went around them. So exactly what he did. He went around them. He went around them because they rejected him. He went around them because they didn't believe him. He went around them because they would not accept him. They went around him because they didn't believe who he was. He went around them, around them, around them. And Jesus Christ is going around a lot of people today. He goes around them because they're not willing to hear his words. Amen? And so the Bible says he went around Nazareth. Went around them, healing sick, performing miracles, delivering the lost into the hands of Father God. He went around them. 
And I believe today Jesus does the same. He goes around people. He doesn't come around them. He goes around them. Because they will not listen to Jesus Christ. They want to listen to their own sin. Amen? Hello? Yes, me and J.C. have it. Okay. Me and J.C., man, we got it together. We're okay, me and J.C. We got it okay. I want you to understand, don't you bring Jesus down to the son of a carpenter. And don't you bring him down to an angel. And don't you bring him down to just a teacher or a historical figure. You see him for what he is. He came because of the seed of God the Father. And that seed is the word of God. And God put in the virgin womb of Mary the seed of God. And from the seed of the male comes the blood of God. See, the mother just gives the body. She has the egg. Scientists, no matter how skilled they are today, no one can be born unless they have the seed of a man. Eve didn't have a seed. She had eggs. And because of Adam, and someone said, well, the Bible doesn't teach that, that Adam and Eve were told by God to go forth and be fruitful. Oh, yes, it does. Read it. It does. It says in two places. So this nonsense, well, sex was the forbidden fruit. No, it's too good to be the forbidden fruit. I know I shouldn't have said that. And, and if you're offended with me, then okay. But don't get offended with, with Jesus Christ. Amen. They were offended with Jesus. There's people that get offended with the fact that Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. What makes your religion any better than mine? Jesus. What makes your Jesus any better than my Jesus? Virgin born. Seed of God. Blood of God. Son of God. Eternal God. Dying on a cross for my sin, for my transgression. Put in a grave. Bringing forth a new life. Raising again from the dead, he got out of the tomb in the same body he was crucified in. But he got out of the tomb not only in the same body he was crucified in, he got out of the body in that crucified body, that body he was crucified in, and he got out in a glorified body. And I want you to know, he got out in a glorified body so that you and I can have one too. He didn't just buy me from my sin. He didn't just purchase me from my sin. He didn't just wash up my sins away. He did that, but he didn't just forgive me of my sin. He didn't just save my soul and my spirit. He saved my body as well. Now, my body may fall apart, and so be it, but I've got a new one coming. Yeah. Amen. And by the way, when you get to heaven, you won't get to pick which body you want. Amen? Women, I'm sorry. But you're not going to go to heaven's mall and pick out the body you want. Hello? Amen? I could just see the angels outside the dressing room. Oh, God, please deliver us from these women that want to pick their own body. No, you're not going to pick your own body. In fact, my body's already hanging on a on a on a hanger in heaven in closet right now. It's already there. You know, preacher, you sound like the body's just a suit. Yep, it really is. We're just living in this. Skin. We're just a tabernacle. Our bones is the framework of a tabernacle. And if this, if this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a glorified body, a body made without hands in the heavens. Isn't that good? 
I didn't preach myself happy. Woo, praise the Lord. Awesome God. And I want you to understand that they were offended to him because they couldn't bring him down to their level. They were offended to him because they didn't understand that he was the eternal pre-existing God. In fact, his brother James didn't receive it until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first brother uh, of Jesus received it at the, at the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the Bible says that Jesus appeared before his brother James. He appeared before his brothers. Did you know his brothers did get saved? They did come to the truth. But not until Jesus kicked out both ends of the grave. You say, well, why do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Because the proof. The proof. I have a whole book here. It talks about his miracles, about his prophecy, about who he is. And not only did he die on the cross, put in a tomb, but Jesus Christ rose again from the grave. And there'll be no sign given to this adulterous and sin sinful generation except the sign of, of Jonah the prophet. As, as Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in death in the heart of the earth. And Jesus Christ come out just as Jonah was spit out. Jesus Christ was spit out of the tomb, resurrected in a brand new glorified body. And that's the sign I'm looking to. That's the sign I'm trusting in. I know he's God. He broke the tomb. I know he's God. He, he broke the shackles of death, hell, and sin in the grave. I know he's God. He changed my life. I know he's God. The Bible declares it. I know he's God. Demons tremble. I know he's God. He still heals the sick. I know he's God. He still revives the troubled soul. I know he's God. He still gives new life. I know he's God. He still forgives us of our sin. I know he's God. And his name is Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. Amen. Jesus wants you to understand that he came through man so that he could identify with us. We'll be talking about that more in the birth of Jesus, that he came to identify with us. But please hear me. Just as sure as Jesus Christ died on the cross, put in a tomb, rose again from the grave and again from death. And he holds the keys to death held in the grave in Revelation chapter 1. Just as sure as he came to the Virgin Mary, died and rose again from the grave and ascended back to the Father, just as sure as that, he's coming again. He's coming again. And he's going to come with the architectural blueprints of our new body. Woo! He's going to come with, for lack of words, the DNA of heaven. And he's going to give us a brand new body. Amen? Say, say, will you recognize me when I get to heaven? Sure you will. Because we're not going to lose our identity. We're just going to be swallowed up in the identity of Jesus Christ. We will not lose our purpose. We will not lose who we are. But we will take on the likeness of Jesus Christ. And when we see him, we shall be like him. It does not appear what we shall be, but this one thing we know, that when he appears, we shall be like him. But we also will be like we are now, minus all the blemishes. Amen? I said minus all the blemishes. I've got a little bump here on my chin. I went and seen the doctor a few, uh, it's been 
oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. And he, he examined me and he said, look, you look, he said, your health is good. He said, uh, I'd like for you to take as much niacin as your body can take. I took so much that it just set me on fire. Uh, that no, that no flush. You know, you don't. You, you get the flush kind of nice, and it set me on fire. But anyway, what he said, I want you to take that niacin because he said I want to make sure you don't have no heart trouble in the future. And he looked at that little spot on my lip, and he said, "Would you like to? Would you like for me to remove that?" And I said, "No, that's probably about the only thing that Judy really still loves. She thinks <laughs> she thinks I'm cute." Well, when I get to heaven, you won't know me after the flesh. And that bump won't be there. But this bump will be there. Amen? Isn't that good? Woo! Praise the Lord. And so they rejected Jesus Christ. The hometown of Jesus rejected Jesus Christ. Rejected Jesus Christ because they thought he was just like one of them. But I want you to understand that Jesus Christ, all the things that he did, the miracles that he did, who he was, did not come from Mama or Joseph or his brothers or his sisters. It came from his Father in heaven. His blood came from his Father in heaven. His power came from his Father in heaven. His anointing came from his Father in heaven. His spirit came from his Father in heaven. Everything he had came eternal, pre-existing. Jesus Christ came from his Father in heaven. He is not the son of a carpenter. He's the son of the, well, I could say the architect of the entire universe. Now, he learned how to be a carpenter. And I think he was probably a better carpenter than Chris. I I believe Jesus was a better carpenter than Chris. And his boys. I mean, you boys just just blow me away. I don't know of anyone. I only know of one person that can do what you guys can do, and that's my wife, Judy, and I'm letting her do do all she wants. Amen. I'm letting her do everything she wants. You say, why? Because I'm scared. (laughs) She carries a hammer. I sleep really sound. Amen? And she's got some big spike nails. What was that woman, J.L., or what came in that drove a spike through a Syrian captain right through his temple? Man, my wife carries a hammer. Man, I'm going to behave myself. I'm glad she's redeemed. I'm glad she's saved. Amen? Amen. You men that make your wives mad at you, you're an idiot. Don't go to sleep until you've made it right. Because they have, women have, they don't fight fair. You get in a fight with a woman, she'll claw you to death like a tiger. She'll beat you and say, you can't hit me. You can't hit me. I'm a woman. And she'll shred you to pieces like, you're a paper, like you've been through a paper shredder. And then she gives you that silent treatment. I'd rather her beat me than to give me a silent treatment. You ever had that happen, men? Don't answer right now. But, you know, your wife all of a sudden clams up. She won't talk to you. You say, what's wrong? Nothing. Come on, what's wrong? Nothing. Come on, baby, tell me what's wrong. Nothing. Did I do something? Nothing. Nothing, nothing. And I said, I'm sure glad that I haven't done something because nothing has got me in a big mess. <laughs> Amen. Please hear me. 
Don't make Jesus the son of a carpenter. Don't make him as one of you or me. He's a step higher than all of us. I can't redeem you, but he can. I can't change you, but he can. Because he's at the top. And if anybody tells you that they are equal with God. I've had, I had a preacher tell me one time, well, I'm God in flesh. Preacher told me that. He said, the Bible says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He said, I've got God's word in me, so I'm God in flesh. You know what I said to him? I said, you maybe got God's word in you and have God's word in your flesh. And that, in that aspect, you do, you do have God's word made flesh in you. But you're not God. Because you could never be God. You're not smart enough to be God. You're not powerful enough to be God. You can't save anybody. You can't redeem anybody. You don't have holy blood in you. You're not omniscient. You're not omnipresent. You're not immutable. Yeah, you're not God. And you never will be God. I'm sure glad that I know God to the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, you might say, well, preacher, I disagree with what you said, some of the stuff what you said uh, this morning. That's fine. Don't bother to corner me up in the corner. I'm not going to change my mind. If I ever change my mind about something I say, the Holy Ghost will give a check in my mind, and I'll go to it, and I'll. Look it over. But I don't need your little red pencil out giving the check mark. Amen? Hello? When I was in the third grade, and it's no secret, I'm not intensely in love with school. Never was. My preaching probably reveals that. And my writing the books probably reveals it even worse. I cringe when an English major reads one of my books. But we had a third grade teacher, and she would walk by, and if we were kind of, you know how children will be spaced out, and she would sharpen that old red pencil, and she would take it and poke me in the top of the head. she said, say, James, are you listening? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I harbored that anger in my little heart for a long time. When she died, before I was saved, when she died, I went to the graveyard and I danced on her grave. Since then, God's forgiven me. Would you go dance on her grave now? I'm too old. I'm afraid I'd fall and break something. No, I'm not going to go dance on a grave. I was wrong. What I did was wrong. That was an Adamic nature that was in me. It was sin. God has forgiven me of that. But I want you to understand that Jesus never had an experience like that. Jesus never had to be born again. Jesus never had to be saved. You got people tells you, you got preachers that'll tell you that Jesus was born again at his baptism. He was not. He was not. He didn't have to be born again. The only being born again he ever had was the begotten from the dead. He received a new birth in a glorified body. That's the only thing, and it wasn't a nature change. And so if you think you're just going to go to heaven and float around in the clouds and that's what heaven is to you, you're wrong. God redeemed us to live in an embodied body, a spirit that's embodied with a body. Isn't that good? Say, why the resurrection? Just told you. He came to save us not only spirit and soul, but body. Isn't that good? Yeah, preacher, why does that cremate you? That doesn't matter. God's got all the DNA right up here. He doesn't, I mean, cremate all you want. It's not going to bother God. God will catch up with you. 
You got it all right up here. Everything you are, everything you have, all that stuff still in you, whether you're cremated or whether you're buried, it doesn't matter. God knows you and he'll bring you back. And he'll judge you. And, of course, if we're Christians, we'll be with Jesus before then, but he'll come back to give us our new body. Amen? I don't believe in reincarnation. I don't care what some people say. There's no such thing as reincarnation. I'm not coming back as a grub worm. I'm not coming back as a better preacher. I've only got one shot at it now. I'm not coming back as a different person. And anybody that would tell you that they lived back in history, gone past, that they have an identity way back in history, and you, you used to be this in the Civil War, you used to be this back then, all I can say is you're full of baloney any way you slice it. That's nonsense. Reincarnation doesn't appeal to me. Who wants to come back and not know what you were? No, the same body I live in today will return if it goes. But away the grave, I'll be back because of the incarnate Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. We, I got to stop. Uh, some of you, your, your taste buds are watering. You don't want to miss tonight when we talk about the birth of Jesus. Someone's bad-mouthing me. Anyway, no, they weren't. I, I didn't even hear what they said. Huh? Did you start it? Huh? He's starving. Okay, Fred the Flintstone, you'll get a rib after a while. I'm just kidding. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. We're glad that you came today. I hope you enjoyed today's sermon. I've been praying for you, Brother Don DeMay. I'm praying heavy. Been praying for Bobby Baldridge and praying heavy. Been praying for you, Joyce. I'm praying heavy. I've been praying for Doris Wood and praying heavy. I've been praying for those of you who are struggling, Nimra, and I've been praying heavy. I've been praying heavy for the little tight with the problem with the diaper rash. been praying heavy. I've been praying for you. And I want you to know that miracles are still real. And God still answers prayer. Josh going to play and sing. We want to invite you to come. Don't make Jesus a carpenter's son. Make him your Lord, your Savior, your God, and your Deliverer. Make him what Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Make him. Declare him for who he is. Don't be offended in him. Don't be, don't, don't reject him. Trust him. Because he's the only one that can take us to heaven. Altar's open. You come.